Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part three in our conversation with Devin Abden. We hope you enjoy. Yeah, so what was, the, what was your first experience of the refuge? Was like, what, were you in, what were you anticipating? I don't know what I was anticipating. I don't even know if they had like, if my mom or my sister had like a brochure or anything. They just told me that they found a place. Um, I don't even remember them telling me it was 13 months. I don't think they, I think they intentionally didn't tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. And they were just like, Hey, we're just going to take you over here. Um, Cause I had had nothing. They knew I didn't have any options and um, I would never say no to them. So um, yeah. So I, I don't know what I was expecting. I got to the church and uh, growing up in all throughout my life, none of my family is religious. They've never really been religious, been to church, none of that. So um I don't know what I was expecting. I got to the church and it's sort of dark in there, even with all the lights on. And mm-hmm. it just like really helped me like wallow in myself even more. So I sat there and cried and they stayed with me. And uh, yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, man, but I was just kind of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. At that point, I, I didn't have any options. So it's pretty much open to anything. I mean, they're going to house me. They're going to feed me. I don't have to do like, I don't have to pay anything. I can give this a try, you know? So, yeah. 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 So you said you were, you were overwhelmed at first when you got in. Um, what was the, where, I guess, when, when did it shift from being like, just like kind of like, whatever this is, this is what it is. I'm just going to go along, go along with this to like realizing where you were and what this was actually about. It really started when I had to wake up at like 5.30 every morning and do chores with a bunch of other guys who all just got there. And like, we were out at this point in in Athens at the old farm. And so um, I was in the middle of the woods. I have to wake up and it was still dark and freaking snowing. And we would be like sweeping the porch and salting the porch. And I was doing it with this guy who um, I didn't like at the time. Like we didn't like each other. We were both like, just coming down, didn't want to be around each other. And there was another guy who would always do my freaking chore. And so for some reason I would get mad at him for doing my chore. Uh, and that's when I really started to realize where it was. And then that did worship, uh, praise and worships on Thursday nights there. And it was that first praise and worship, uh, brother Vincent was coordinating down there and he used to turn all the lights off and just put the projector and the music really loud. And that's when, I came face to face with like, with my crap, um, but also with Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and it changed my life during that first praise and worship there, which I think came in on Monday. That was on Thursday night. So within about four days, it really hit me. Like I liked where I was Mm. like, I could see, you know, some sort of direction here that I'd always never really had. And and, and I think the, the biggest moment for me was, again, just coming face to face with my crap, but also at the same time, like, that need for a savior, but then just coming, like, so to speak, face to face with that savior, like, as yeah. I'm realizing all my crap and like, wow, there's like a savior right here waiting for me in this place. And it was just overwhelming. I remember going to bed that night and all of us were pretty much like on a spiritual high and just stayed up all night talking um, about it. 
you know, and like, what do we do when this wears off? Like, where are we at? You know? And, uh, that group of guys, man, we got pretty close and just really started to dig in from, from then on out. So it was a really good time. Hmm. So what is, what was the, what was phase two? Like what was phase two and the rest of your experience in the refuge? Like, Phase two, um, it was, I don't know, man. I just felt like I was at home. Like, I mm-hmm. literally just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. So it was like, it was enjoyable, you know? We really started to, like, learn some new disciplines of, like, enjoying getting up in the morning and, and pursuing quiet time and doing chores and just, you know, living a normal, productive life. Like that's what, that's what phase two was like for me, like just getting into the groove of like an actual schedule and, you know, like I'm a pretty orderly guy. So I like to like have my ducks in a row and just check off the boxes as I go. And so phase two really suited me in that way because Mm -hmm. back then, I don't know if it's still the same, but we literally would have our schedule like printed out on a piece of paper planned to the minute. And so... (laughs) It would just be taped everywhere. And I was just like, I like this. This is cool. What am I doing next? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, that's why, I, you know, it really also too, like in that schedule and things too, I also um, just really started to become more, more aware of what was under all of that, like surface level pain and, and use and like, lack of direction. So I really just started to dig in deeper to like what happened to me when I was younger Mm -hmm. and and what I went through and like how that has affected me today and how I'm going to move forward. So there's a lot of like reflection and yeah, getting used to a schedule. Mm -hmm. What were some of the tools that you took away from uh, to help like clarify those things and in like, just that, that work we talk about, of doing your own person, doing your own hard work on who you are. What were some of those tools that stood out to you? So I think one of the main things for me was like, um, was the quiet times, um, mm-hmm. which is really figuring out who God was helped me to figure out who I wasn't. And then I could really like dig deeper into myself once I got past the site, like this almost like made up notion of who I was and what I believed. So like just really digging deeper into like those quiet times and studying the Bible. It helped me to, again, understand who God was and who I was. So um, yeah. it really helped me take myself off of my high horse and, and really start to examine um, you know, just some of the things that, some of the unhealthy behaviors that I had adopted, some of the unhealthy behaviors that had, that had grown inside of me. Because uh, once I got past the fact that, like, I don't have to hide it anymore, I don't have to wear a mask and cover this up, um, I could really dig into it. So, like, back then, another big thing that I was talked about was, like, not wearing a mask. And so, yeah. just not wearing those masks really helped me um, to not have to try and, like, hide what I went through or ignore the guilt and the shame but really confront it and just sit with it and sort of like grieve it um so those are some pretty helpful things that's good what was the 
So what was the transition uh, for you from being in the ministry to um, becoming a coordinator? Because we asked you to be a, a CIT and a coordinator. Uh, what was that? What was that like for you? Um, the transition was sort of like, um, I think that was the first point in my life where I realized that I may have some leadership potential, even if I don't know how to use it or how to even be a leader. I think that's when I really realized like, um, and I may have some leadership potential in me. And so um, it was sort of unhealthy for me when I first started coordinating and through some of my coordinating, <clears throat> just because you know, you're going through the ministry with these guys and then you're asked to coordinate them. And so it was just sort of that kind of, I'm not going to listen to this guy type of thing. And then for me, it was almost like a power trip. So mm-hmm. I kind of was one of those, one of those coordinators who just, uh, you know, I don't know why, dude. It's pretty sick because I really hate people telling me what to do. But like when I started coordinating, I really enjoyed telling other people what to do. And oh. just this weird thing that I've really had to work through. So that transition was very strange. Yeah. So it, it, I'm hearing you describe that power reveals who we are a lot faster than if we're not in an authority position. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. Yes. That is exactly what happened to me. <laughs> here so, i am thinking i had made all this progress and they asked me to coordinate so something must be going right and then yeah bam bam thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast we'll be back tomorrow with part four in our conversation we'll see you then